Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Lane bringing another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Coinsierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution, helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream, and also the Cryptocurrent Conference being held in New Orleans March 14th and 15th, the first crypto and blockchain conference in New Orleans for 2019. Get your tickets today at www.crypto-currentconf.co. All right, let's jump into it. So if you haven't noticed, my voice is a little scratchy, dealing with a little bit of sinus drip, a little bit of scratchy throat. And just so you know, I'm sure as soon as I'm done with this podcast and I turn off the mic, I will go to Facebook or Google and I'll see many ads for cold medicines, throat drops, and all this type of stuff. Why is that? Privacy, right? Privacy is being invaded. Um, and, you know, the, the, the data companies are listening. So if you haven't figured out, this episode is going to be about privacy and privacy coins and why privacy is important and what kind of role does it look like privacy is going to and privacy cryptocurrencies are going to play in the cryptocurrency space over the next few years. So if you think about it, privacy is a fundamental human right and it must be defended. So one of my favorite quotes on privacy actually comes from Edward Snowden. And he's quoted as saying, arguing that you don't care about privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say, right? Also, I've got a quick uh, quote from Kingsley Edwards. Now, Kingsley, was a, uh, he's the CEO of Block 16, and he was a guest on a recent podcast episode. Uh, along with he and his girlfriend, Aaron Nakamoto, and the crypto couple. And Kingsley gave me this quote on privacy. He said, privacy coins will make up the majority of cryptocurrency transaction volume in the future. Public blockchains have their use cases, but individuals have little need for being this transparent with their crypto wealth. It's like displaying your bank statement on social media for the world to see at any time. If you value your privacy, I recommend researching private cryptocurrencies to use as a day-to-day money. And that's just it. You know, you think many people think privacy coins. Oh, I don't need to hide what I'm doing. I'm not trying to hide it. Uh, you only need privacy coins if you're doing something wrong. And that's not the case. So think about it. We live in a digital age and a surveillance state. You know, it, what was considered conspiracy, just conspiracy theory 10 years ago, is now common knowledge. It's common misconception that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are anonymous and untraceable. In fact, Many blockchains only disguise user identities while leaving behind a clear public ledger, a public record of all transactions that have occurred on the blockchain. The data in the ledger often includes how many tokens the user received or sent and historical transactions, as well as the balance of any cryptocurrency that they have within their wallet. Even Andreas Antonopoulos you know, has stated that we have a lot of work to do to improve the privacy of the system in relation to Bitcoin. Now, if you haven't looked up Andreas, um, this is really was my go-to early on when I was first learning cryptocurrency. Look him up on YouTube. This guy knows this stuff. There's a lot of content out there, but he definitely breaks it down for people and makes it easy for us to understand. <coughs> the current monetary system is a totalitarian nightmare. Anything you spend or receive payment for can be tracked by multiple government agencies. Japanese exchanges recently took steps to ban privacy coins and then several governments have taken stances against privacy coins. You know, just not too long ago, there was an article about the U.S. was actually examining transactions of Monero, and I think maybe it was Zcash, but it was a couple of privacy coins that they were studying just to see if they could figure them out. So, 
and if we know where every distinct unit of currency had been, it would assume the quality of a distinct identifiable form of property. That would leave our money subject to liens and asset seizures by creditors or law enforcement agents taking action against other people. <coughs> so what's critical to the argument around privacy and blockchain and cryptocurrency communities, um, because governments are unwittingly, unwillingly creating the same problem with their own money, cryptographers work working on privacy solutions for cryptocurrencies have an opportunity to enhance economic activity, not only in the world of crypto, but the world over. In doing so, they're also striking a blow for freedom. Think about it, right? If I had 30, you know, if I wanted to go take $30,000 out of the bank tomorrow, I would have to explain what I'm doing, right? I'd have to let them know why I'm doing it, what I'm using it for. And think about it. This is supposed to be your money when it's really not. What you haven't realized is of that 30000 say, that you may have in the bank, the bank has loaned out 90% of it. They only hold 3% of what is deposited into the bank. Now, they may have enough to cover that 30000 but they're going to scrutinize it heavily. And, you know, when you think about what we stand for as a free nation in the U.S., um, it's really we've lost a lot of freedoms, and, and surveillance is one that is something that, is, that you know, people need to be aware of. Uh, privacy is not only critical for monetary fungibility, it's the foundation of freedom. So in the years ahead, as economic activity becomes increasingly digital, the the duality of privacy and freedom measured by how easily our value exchange system allows us to transact is going to become the defining differentiator between economic systems. Uh, consider China. <coughs> Excuse me. The rapid expansion of digital payments there led, led by Alibaba, Alipay, and Tencent's WePay has caught the world's attention. It's driving other governments to vow to create cashless societies. Now, what does cashless societies create? A digital ledger of everything that's been transacted from everybody, uh, everything is transparent. Not that you gotta hide anything, but you don't want, um, you don't want everything about your transactions out there, right? If, if your privacy was invaded and you were being watched 24 seven, you would live your life differently, right? And that's really what we're looking at in the digital age. And just to show you how big data has come, you know, as far as invading privacy, because I'll be honest, a lot of time, a lot of most people are giving the privacy away and many of us didn't think about it early on. Social media, right? You jump in, you give all your information. Some people will take a test to see what kind of animal they would be, right, on Facebook, and they're giving away all their information. But really, um, you know, data is one of the most valuable assets. Think about it, Facebook. Facebook that has no physical product. Well, let me take that back. Facebook now has one physical product, um, the Facebook portal. Uh, but other than that, up until now, they had no did no physical product up until a couple of months ago. And they're one of the biggest companies around. Why is that? Because data is important and we're giving away our privacy through that. You know, you can be sitting and just like I joked about earlier, talking about the issues with my, my sore throat. And just as soon as, you know, as soon as I get on the Facebook, there's going to, they're going to be trying to market um, cough drops and cold medicine and stuff like that to me. Uh, but looking at a chart, uh, this is kind of interesting. So in 2008, you look at the top 10 companies based on uh, the largest global companies, and you see PetroChina was not number one, Exxon, General Electric, China Mobile, ICBC China, Gazprom, which is Russia, Microsoft, Royal Dutch Shell, Cinepec, China, AT&T. So it was, you know, you had some oil companies in there, General Electric. Uh, that was 10 years ago, right? 10 years later, number one is Apple, number two is Google, three, Microsoft, four, Amazon. And I think this this is a little... This data is a little lagging because I think Amazon has unseated Google and Microsoft, but you still see where it's going. Number five, Facebook. Um, number six is Tencent out of China, which we just mentioned. 
Seven is Berkshire. Um, that, you know, that's uh, Buffett's investment firm, right? And then Alibaba, number eight, which is another data company. And then number nine is J&J. And number 10 is J.P. Morgan, which is a, a banking company. So you see how the shakeup has happened where the number one commodity in the world today is your data. And, um, you know, so you want to make sure, you know, focusing on privacy coins and utilizing privacy coins is going to be one step forward in, in utilizing uh, or, or taking back your freedom. So top privacy coins by market cap uh, currently right now is Monero, Zcash, Bitcoin, Verge, Dash, Pivots. Uh, however, I'm curious to see the shakeup down the road as just this month, we sort of released two new cryptocurrencies, both using the Mimblewimble protocol. Now, I did a podcast episode, and I think it was two or three episodes ago, about Mimblewimble. Now, Mimblewimble is a term that was utilized in Harry Potter, um, talking about, you know, privacy. Uh, and and Grin and Beam are two projects that just launched their, uh, their main nets this month. You know, Grin was just uh, on the 15th yesterday, and Beam was actually back on the third. Um, <laughs> what's unique about it is it masks all the information and you have to have a private key to, that's shared on both sides to be able to, to verify that the transactions uh, match, right? So uh, it, it's just another privacy protocol, but it does have some unique things and, and some things that could make it run leaner, um, not so data heavy, which would be good as, as the blockchain continues to grow. Now. This is also to note, neither one of these did any major fundraise prior to. Now, Beam was funded by a, um, Beam was funded by a venture capitalist group and some other investors. So Beam, while Beam only started, you know, started um, development back in March of last year, they were first to market with on January 3rd, launching their main net, whereas Grin is a community project that only makes money off of donations and selling swag, you know, selling shirts and hats and all these other things. Um, they've been in production for a couple years, right? But both of them have did no ICO. There was no pre-mine. So basically started with the Genesis block. And I think it's every 60 seconds you're, you know, you're having uh, crypto being mined. So that's what's out there right now. You know, some of the more common ones known, Monero and Zcash uh, and Dash actually have a lot of, uh, a lot of support in the crypto community. Pivx is still kind of hit or miss out there as far as support now. I'm looking at it, I think it's a solid project. And then Verge has been very controversial as far as uh, not so much the crypto, but just some of the marketing tactics uh, that were used uh, with, you know, back in the beginning with John McAfee. And then most recently, you know, they were touting a major announcement that made the price go up huge. And it turned out to just be that you can use Verge to pay on Pornhub. So, um, there's a concern that even their identities disguised, users can still be identified based on activity within a blockchain. That's why some people are turning to privacy coins. Well, cryptocurrencies provide users with a high level of anonymity. It's a little bit harder to say with a sore throat. So privacy and anonymity-oriented coins are becoming, you know, often, you know, contentious topic. Many figures in the media and government cast a distrustful eye on such protocols you know, thinking it's a new medium for illicit and illegal activity, but let's face it, cash has been around forever. Coal has been around forever, right? Those have been utilized for illegal activity. Um, just because someone uses a, um, a currency for illegal activity doesn't mean that the currency is bad, right? Meanwhile, freedom lovers applaud the new developments as an unprecedented evolution of not only technology, but stateless financial freedom. 
So, um, you know, solid argument came across in favor of privacy. Uh, recently was uh, in, in a white paper stated privacy guarantee, privacy guarantees are designed to benefit legitimate users who do not want their financial details made public. There is a concern, as always, that decentralized anonymous payments will facilitate the laundering of ill-gotten funds by criminals. However, privacy coins barely affect the status quo for criminal users who already have strong incentives to hide their activity while it provides notable benefits to legitimate users. So Monero, with Monero, privacy is great, but it also has to be easy for the layperson to use and actually be useful. And that's where Monero actually ranks high on this. <coughs> for starters, Monero is the only coin where all transactions are private by default. Uh, every other coin requires an enabling a specific feature or underlying specific process for private transactions. Um, it utilizes stealth addresses where a recipient's able to receive multiple payments through a single address but at the same time ensuring that no links on the blockchain between their address and anybody else's address. Made possible by stealth addresses where a random one-time address is automatically created for each transaction being made by the sender. And also Monero uses Ring Confidential Transactions, Ring CT. It's a cryptographic tool that conceals the amount being transacted while still allowing for the network to verify the amount without having to reveal any of the actual details. Confidential transactions include a cryptographic proof that the sum of the input amounts is the same as the sum of the output amounts without having to reveal the actual numbers. So another one of the top ones we're going to talk about is Zcash. Now, Zcash uses a new method of cryptography uh, called ZK Snarks, zero knowledge, succulent, non-interactive argument of knowledge. So at the basic level, zero knowledge proof allows for a way to prove that the information you're sending to the other party is true without having to broadcast that information, besides the fact that it's true. So the, the cryptography behind ZK Snarks allows for all, all transaction data to be private and encrypted, although Zcash privacy components on the cryptographic level raise no doubts. Um, you know, ZK Snarks is a fairly recent development. Uh, there are other concerns regarding Zcash's handling of privacy that are worth examination. So Zcash offers the choice of optional privacy. In other words, privacy shielding is not on by default. And really, there's not a big portion of Zcash transactions that have been shown to use the privacy protocol. Now, you could use them if you want to, and I really think a lot of that is based on there's a lot of, you know, a lot of exchange data. A lot of people buying on exchanges, maybe transferring the wallets and not really, you know, realizing to turn on the privacy shielding. Um, and especially since, you know, I mean, Zcash was added to Coinbase. So it's another one that there's a lot of transactions, man, that really have no reason to be masked because Coinbase, <laughs> being a U.S. company, they're going to report everything anyway. So now Dash is the next one up. Uh, that people talk about when they're looking at, crypt at at privacy coins, but it's not cryptographically private. Dash promises privacy through mixing. It utilizes a modified version of CoinJoin, which is a method initially created to anonymize Bitcoin. Dash functions similar to Bitcoin, and the, the blockchain is transparent by default while offering optional privacy by way of mixing. A server called a master node is required to expedite the mixing process, which in turn requires users to trust that the server is not recording details on where each user's outputs are ending up. Masternode requires a deposit of 1,000 Dash coins. And at the time I looked up, I was when I was doing some research on Masternodes, I was thinking that maybe I'd like to run a, a Dash Masternode. And you look at it, and 1,000 Dash coins at the time, now Dash has fallen some since then, quite a bit, probably half the price now, but at the time, Dash was $200, so you're looking at a $200,000 investment to run a Masternode. Um, so that prevents someone from creating arbitrary number of nodes for the purpose of recording coin join details, right? You'd have to buy multiple 
many master nodes, you know, even right now, Sidash is in the $100 plus dollar range. You're talking $100,000 plus per master node. Um, so that allows to give it some anonymity. So Komodo is the next one we're going to talk about. Komodo is one I'm very high on. I've been following that one on GitHub quite often. Uh, it's got a lot of work being done on it. It uses zero-knowledge proofs to provide its users with financial anonymity. Aside from offering increased financial privacy through a digital currency, KMD, the Komodo platform also offers the launch of decentralized ICOs, a decentralized exchange, and blockchain development solutions, among other services. I'm really, really keeping an eye on Komodo. That's one that I'm watching just to see how this project progresses. Does it continue to deliver on what it's looking to deliver? It hasn't been a whole lot of hype behind it, which is why it hasn't been. Um, you know, you haven't heard about it much, many of you, but it's a project I've been watching for quite some time. So some of the interesting points about Komodo, they have a scalability solution called peer chains where sibling chains, <coughs> different asset chains on the KMD platform can form a network of blockchains which operate on its own and doesn't bloat the Komodo blockchain. Interoperability, interoperability between different blockchains uh, passive income, we're holding your tokens in a KMD wallet, generates you 5% KMD annually by just sending your coins back to your address. However, the community, um, you know, community is quite active on that one, right? So uh, that, that's really what we're looking at with privacy coins. Uh, I wanted to give you kind of an overview. There, there's there's several, quite a few others that are considered privacy coins, uh, but I really think, you know, the ones we've talked about here are going to be the ones that are most relevant both your Monero, Zcash, Dash, Komodo, and then also the two most recent developments utilizing the Memo protocol, which is Grin and Beam. So both of those I would keep an eye on. Now, Grin and Beam haven't really hit any exchanges. Uh, I mean, they obviously just started being mined uh, the other day, one yesterday and one, you know, what, a week and a half ago. So uh, there's some time before you'll see that and, and before it shows up on any major exchanges. But I really think we, you know, we could see some some huge developments around that um, as privacy funds become a big focal point as we move forward. The more governments talk about regulations and stamping down on regulations that need to happen, just as China did, you know, many people are going to turn to privacy coins. So, um, you know, it should be at least a part if you're investing in crypto for an investment. You know, I, I guess I'm not going to give you investment advice, but I'll tell you what I do is I would make sure that I am at least have some skin in the game when it comes to privacy coins. And I continue to do my research and follow up what's going on with these projects as they evolve. So uh, that's really it for this episode. I want to thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next episode.